0: Hello again, and welcome back to the Vineyard Church Podcast. We have Chris Dew with us today for week 10 of our series in James, and he has some great thoughts on what true wisdom is, where we can find it, and what might seem like wisdom but actually isn't. It's definitely a message you don't want to miss. Here's Chris.
1: What's up, church family? How y'all doing? You good? Awesome. Awesome. Happy Sunday morning. I'm glad to be back with you. Um, It's been a little while, um, and here's why, because I think we have a picture of my little girl, uh, Quinn, that's going to come on the screen in just a second. (laughs) Where is she? Come on. There she is. (laughs) Quinn Louise Dew is about a month old, and... uh, yeah, is, is, is amazing. Uh, but if I haven't met you yet, I'm Chris. Uh, I'm part of the teaching team here, and it is one of the greatest honors of my life uh, to be a part of this church and this family. Um, and so if uh, that you're just jumping in, welcome. Yeah, these people are weird and they 're awesome at the same time, so stay around and, and uh, it'll be an amazing ride. But if you would uh, let 's pray together and then we 'll jump into the uh, the teaching text here this morning. Heavenly Father, we um, are here uh, to hear from you. we want to hear from your word, experience your spirit. And God, we ask that you would transform us from the inside out in order that we can be a blessing to everyone around us. And I pray that through this passage in particular, that you would um, help curate our inputs and help us to have eyes to see What's heavenly wisdom and what's earthly wisdom? Please convict our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We live in the age of information. It's a time in human history that's unprecedented in so many ways, that we have so much information all over the world that it's unprecedented. Uh, I remember that when I was a small kid and I had a question about who was president in 1884 or something like that, that I would have to call my grandparents and say, look this up in the encyclopedia, please. It's a real thing. Except now, like you just hop online. Like, as I just spoke that, I'm sure that there's a uh, kid in the room who already knows because they looked it up. They pulled out their phone, 1884. I wonder who was president right then. And you could, like, you know. Because we have information all over the place. Except if I'm honest with you, that in this age of information, it's very hard uh, to know what's actually true. There is so much information that's coming at you and I all the time that when we ask a question and we get two things that are polar opposites that come at us, it's hard uh, to know what's true and what isn't. How do we know what's true and false? How do we know what true wisdom is? If you have a Bible, uh, let's flip over to James chapter 3. And uh, I'm going to read a few verses to us at the end of that chapter. It says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, strong word here, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Yet, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The author here in this uh, Passage is James, that he's the brother of Jesus, and he's writing this letter uh, to Christians who were also Jewish. And he's addressing here that there was conflict in their churches, that there was a division in their community. And he's speaking this, he opens up this passage, and he's saying, Who is wise and understanding among you? Who he's addressing here are f- false teachers who'd come into the church, who had some. Wisdom that they claimed. Except these teachers were all about influence and having wealth and status and popularity and prestige. And these false teachers had been swaying some of the people in the church away from the true teachings of Jesus. And he opens this passage addressing them and the people who'd been swayed by their teachings. Who is wise? and understanding among you. And here in these few verses, James is going to contrast two types of wisdom. There's earthly wisdom and there's heavenly wisdom. And just like in the context that James is addressing here, that in our world, and even in our churches, there is lots of conflict. And with all the conflict in our world and in our church and how there's there's in a a horrible election cycle coming up soon and everyone's going to have to deal with that. How do we know what's true and what is not? How can we navigate the age of information? Things are going to get louder over the next year. There's going to be a lot of slinging mud and, 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 and anger and outrage. And how do we know who to listen to? How do we navigate this? So, three points from this passage. Here's point number one that wisdom is everywhere. Wisdom is everywhere. Every influencer, every podcaster, everybody is claiming they have the corner market on wisdom. Uh, We recently had Quinn, and we're trying to relearn how to have a baby, right? Like when to feed them, when do you have them sleep, you know, how long do they stay awake, is it okay to give this to my baby, is this okay not to get, all those questions. And as we looked online, I can't tell you how many times it was like this person said this, and this person said the polar opposite of this. It's like, how do I know what to listen to? Another thing is I put on about 20 pounds uh, because a good husband eats with his pregnant wife. That is just <laughs> practical wisdom up in here. If homegirl wants a dessert, I'm eating a dessert with her. Cause That's what good husbands do. I tried a couple times. I was like, babe, I don't, I'm good tonight. And she looked at me like, I will not eat this dessert alone. I was like, cool, well... I'm in it, man, but as I put on those 20 pounds or so, it's like, all right, I'm having to do research on how do you get healthy again, and I can't tell you how many things are out there on the interwebs about how to get healthy. It's like, eat only cheese and meat, and then you'll get healthy again. It's like, okay, I like that one. It's like, eat only fruits and vegetables, and then you'll get healthy again. It's like, I don't like that one. And then a whole other side that says, no, 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 only vegetables, fruit is bad for you. It's like, bro, I don't know what to, what to listen to. I'll just choose the one that I like the best. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's what I'm going to do. But wisdom is everywhere. Everything we look up online, any question we have about life in general, there is wisdom about it. And I love in Proverbs chapter nine, how the author has this imagery where he says that wisdom is crying out in the streets. Earthly wisdom is crying out and saying, hey, this way to life, this way to flourishing, this is where true life and joy is found. But heavenly wisdom is also crying out in the streets, it says. And how do we know with all this loudness all this age of information that we're swimming in, how do we discern the quiet voice of heavenly wisdom in the sea of earthly wisdom in order that we can live rightly and in unity with one another? Wisdom is everywhere. Here's point number two. Some wisdom is actually foolish. Some wisdom is actually foolish. Explains this in verse 14 here. He says, if you have jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Three things about earthly wisdom that James says here is one is that earthly wisdom is about the self. Earthly wisdom, which is all over the world right now, is about me, myself, and I. The phrase he uses here is selfish ambition. And what this idea is is that you're willing to sacrifice the team or the community for personal advancement. It's like when they interview a player after a game and his team won and he's frustrated because he didn't score enough points. That is selfish ambition or the other side of that. His team lost, but he dropped 40. And so he's smiling after the game. And they're like, I thought your team lost. Yeah, 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 but I dropped 40. Didn't you see? This is selfish ambition. And this is the air we breathe in the West right now. It's radical individualism. I will put myself over the community and the family and the church and everybody else. As long as I'm good, we're good. And this is what these false teachers were teaching. They were platform-seeking. It was all about the self. Now, all ambition isn't bad ambition. Holy ambition is a good thing. We need more holy ambition in our world, right? Have dreams for the kingdom. Chase after those kingdom visions and dreams. Except selfish ambition is self-centered. It is competitive, and it wants recognition. Holy ambition is Jesus-centered, Others focused and aims in order to see his kingdom advance. Earthly wisdom is all about me, myself, and I. Here's point number two under that. Earthly wisdom is loud and proud. Earthly wisdom is loud and proud. This is also the spirit of the age that we live in right now. It isn't about what's true it's about who speaks it loudly and eloquently. Especially in uh, debates and stuff, especially in politics, right? It's not about actually uh, finding truth. It's only about how many people can I get to believe my truth. It is loud and proud. It isn't about policies, it's about the loudest speeches. Earthly wisdom is about the self. It's loud and proud. And then lastly, it leads to chaos. Earthly wisdom leads to chaos. He says here that jealousy and selfish ambition lead to disorder in every vile practice. This is most clearly seen when pastors or Christian leaders will um, turn away from the faith and embrace this type of life of, of, I want platform, I want prestige, I want wealth, and I want fleshly pleasures. And eventually what happens from that is when you chase after that as a Christian leader, that what we've seen so many times in the church is that there's chaos that ensues. Lots of people are hurt. People turn away from Jesus because if, if his people act like that, then How can I follow him? And it leads to chaos. And Paul, or here in this passage, James has some very strong language for this earthly type of wisdom. He says it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And now, I don't know about you, but the first time I read this, I'm like, come on, James. That little platform seeking ain't so bad. I mean, I know it's not all that good, but like we're called to be humble and all those things, but, but it's not, it's not like satanic. But here in this passage, he uses that word intentionally. At his core, the enemy is jealous of God and has ambition to overthrow him. He's all about the self He's loud and proud, and he wants to bring about chaos in our world. Earthly wisdom is about the self. It's loud and proud, and it leads to chaos. And so, where are the three places where this is propagated? Obviously, it's a lot more than this, but here's three places one is social media. If I'm honest, when I get on social media and spend a little bit too much time on there, I can feel this stuff rising up in me of just outrage and and, and hate for others and loud and proud, and they're my enemy, and and social media. Screen time is the one thing that if you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to have the most influence on how you view the world and how you are formed over time. That if we just kind of throw our hands up and, like, I'll watch as much screen time as I want, then what happens eventually is that we'll be formed into the ways of the world. See, what we take into our eyes and our ears will form us. Something is always forming us. One is social media, two is partisan news. Partisan news. This arena is clearly in contrast with the way of heavenly wisdom. It's fully embracing earthly wisdom and there is conflict in the church over this. People who get pulled into the stories of the left or the right are eventually formed into that image and there's conflict in the church, and then lastly, three is entertainment. Entertainment. Almost all of the earthly wisdom that we are formed by happens without us even knowing it. It's just the air we breathe. It's just the culture that we live into. We are storied creatures, and stories change us from the inside out, even without us knowing it. This earthly wisdom is everywhere. It's the air we breathe, and if we're not careful, we will be formed into the way of earthly wisdom. Wisdom is everywhere. Some forms of wisdom are actually foolishness. And then lastly, point number three is this. True wisdom makes a real difference. True wisdom makes a real difference. Let's look at verses 17 and 18 here. It says this, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Even as I read those words, like it just feels refreshing to me. Anybody else? It's like we need more of that in our world right here. It's humble. It's pure. It's peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere and it produces peace. This is in stark contrast with the wisdom of our world that's everywhere, that's constantly outraged, loud, close-minded, and full of hatred. And so three points under heavenly wisdom. Here's number one. Heavenly wisdom is humble. Heavenly wisdom is Humble. It's humble enough that if you're having a conversation with somebody that you are going to disagree with and you know it, you actually listen to what they're saying and that you're able to actually have a conversation with them rather than just being, I can't believe you, you're so horrible for believing that, you're you're humble enough to hear them out. True wisdom isn't interested in personal popularity or power, yet in pointing people to who God is. I love this quote by Bonhoeffer. He says this Do not desire to be strong, powerful, honored, and respected, but let God alone be your strength, your fame, and your honor. Heavenly wisdom is humble. Here's point number two Heavenly wisdom has good roots. Heavenly wisdom has Good roots. As we read this list of all the uh, virtues of heavenly wisdom, that it's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, what comes into my mind is the teaching of Jesus on the Beatitudes. And in the Sermon on the Mount, that he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the merciful. He outlines so many of these things. Blessed are the peacemakers. Ultimately, what he's offering in that passage is a picture of a kingdom posture. That as we follow the way of Jesus, this is actually what we're meant to look like peacemakers, pure in heart, merciful. And James is quoting Jesus in so many ways, and he's saying this is what we're aiming for in our lives. I love this quote by Henry Nouwen. He says this, man, look at the screen and look at this quote. He says, what makes the temptation of power so seemingly irresistible? Maybe it's that power offers an easy substitute For the hard task of love. It's easier to be God than to love God, easier to control people than to love people, easier to own life than to truly love. Heavenly wisdom is humble, and heavenly wisdom has good roots. And then lastly, heavenly wisdom produces peace. Heavenly wisdom produces peace. Ideas have consequences. Uh, That if I had the idea of, hey, Krispy Kreme donuts are going to make me skinny. (laughs) Honestly, I wish that would be reality because that would be amazing. Right? So I would just go hot and ready signs on. I'm swinging by every single time. Right? Yeah. just, Just play that out in your mind for a second. If I had that idea that I really believed, hey, that truth claim is true, that idea would have consequences. I'd smile probably a little bit more in life because I just have a lot of sugar in me. Yet I'd also probably have a hard time fitting through the door on the way out, right? Because it's just like, man, if I had that idea in my mind, it would have consequences. All ideas have consequences they are not benign ideas truth claims things out there types of wisdom have consequences i love how jesus words this he says this wisdom is justified by her deeds if you have an idea of this is earthly wisdom or this is heavenly wisdom, those ideas have consequences. True wisdom leads to shalom, peace, but f- false wisdom leads to a division and discord. Heavenly wisdom brings wholeness and unity. Wise teaching leads to peace within the community. And I love how this passage ends here. He says this in verse 18. He says, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Our version of peace in our culture is quite anemic. It is not the the version of peace that is that is in Scripture or in the Hebrew culture this vision of peace that the scripture lays out is not just kind of sweep it under the rug type of peace, right? In a marriage, you guys know this, uh, that it's it's way easier in the moment to just sweep that problem under the rug. We're just going to keep the peace. I'm not going to address that conflict right now. We're just going to sweep it under the rug, right? But that's not true peace. That's anemic. That will eventually lead to chaos. And James is not advocating here for a type of peace that just sweeps it under the rug. He's advocating here for a type of peace that actually addresses what's wrong. It isn't acting like the cancer doesn't exist. It's cutting the cancer out in order that health health and flourishing can happen over the long haul. And so earthly wisdom is about the self It's loud and proud, and it leads to chaos. Heavenly wisdom, James says, is the opposite. It's humble, has really good roots, and it produces lasting peace. And so three places that you can experience heavenly wisdom. Uh, The first is is the scriptures or uh, the Bible. We believe this is actually the words of God. This is not just an old relic. It isn't something that you just kind of go to every once in a while because your grandma did it. It's like, no, we believe that heavenly wisdom is found here. And if you follow these teachings, the way of Jesus, that ultimately what's going to happen in your life is this type of gentle, open to reason, authentic, pure type of life will happen and peace will follow you. A a helpful kind of example of this is is how they um, help people to learn how to point out counterfeit money isn't by handing them a lot of counterfeit money and having them play with it and be like, okay, this is what the fake stuff looks like. How they train them is they hand them a whole bunch of real money. It would be a cool job, right? And they play with that real money enough, feel it, touch it, smell it, in order that when they're around counterfeits, it's very easy to point out. And this is exactly what we have to do with heavenly wisdom. It's how we can point out earthly wisdom is not by just swimming in earthly wisdom more. It's by spending time in the source of heavenly wisdom. In order that when we hear something that's not in line with this, it's easy to point it out. The scripture or the Bible is the first place. Here's the second one. Community. Community. Proverbs explains it like this in chapter 19, verse 20. It says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Oftentimes when I have a question about life or something, it's easier to go to influencers and experts But if I'm honest, man, I think the place I've gotten the most heavenly wisdom is from older Christians who have a lot more gray hair than I do. I always used to use that analogy, but now I have a lot of gray hair. And it's like, man, you can't really just say gray-haired Christians anymore because I'm I'm in that camp. But finding people in your life who are older, who've been walking with Jesus for a long time, Man, it's like a cheat code at life. It's a cheat code in your marriage. It's a cheat code in raising kids. It's a cheat code in how to do your finances. It's a cheat code in so many ways. So, young people in the room, I want to encourage you, exhort you. Find an older person who has gray hair and be like, how long you been following Jesus? And then if they're like, hey, 45 years, you'd be like, I'm buying you a cup of coffee. Let's go hang out. It'd be awkward at first. They'll be like, what are you talking about? But then, over time, it'll be a beautiful relationship. Who's in your life right now that you know? Who's older? Who's been following Jesus? Even your parents. Who are the people in your life that you're like, man, these people have been following Jesus for so long. I need to lean into their wisdom because I'm telling you, that is where a lot of heavenly wisdom is found. Older people in the room. Who've been walking with Jesus for a long time, find some young bucks, pay for their meal, and just explain stuff. Explain stuff about life, man. Especially if they're in college, they're hungry. You can pay for their meal. They'll come anywhere. <laughs> just share your wisdom with them. Scripture, the Bible community, and then lastly, creation. Creation is where you can find heavenly wisdom. I love in Romans chapter 1 how Paul encourages us that, man, his character, who God is, the heavenly wisdom that he is, can be clearly known and perceived in the things that he's made. As I'm explaining earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom, it is not that heavenly wisdom is opposed with earthly contented wisdom, right? It isn't like, hey, we're not going to listen to any science or any other special, I'm just going to get my stuff from the Bible. He, is, he has organized our world in such a way where they can be real wisdom that comes from creation. Heavenly wisdom isn't opposed with earthly-contented wisdom, yet earthly-valued wisdom as described in this passage. So it's in the Bible, it's in community, and it's in creation. These two types of wisdom are crying out. You and I live in the age of information. There's so much wisdom out there. There's so much knowledge that each of them are crying out in the street saying, hey, this way to life, this way to flourishing. And earthly wisdom seems right, yet it leads to division. Heavenly wisdom oftentimes seems counterintuitive, yet it leads to peace. The choice is up to you. The main place where we can experience heavenly wisdom, though, is the person of Jesus. Paul explains in 1 Corinthians that he is heavenly wisdom incarnate, that actually Jesus is the embodiment of what wisdom actually looks like. And if I'm honest, man, as I have prepped this message and looked at earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom, that there have been some times in my life and seasons in my life where I've leaned more into earthly wisdom than heavenly wisdom. There's absolutely been in some, a lot of times in my life where I've fallen short of this standard. And all of us prior to meeting Christ were foolish. Following earthly wisdom, yet Jesus came As heavenly wisdom, humble, pure, laid down his life on our behalf. He was put in the tomb, rose from the grave. And through that, he ushered in peace and heavenly wisdom. Peace in our own lives, peace in our communities, and in our world as a whole. And he will eventually return. And when he does, peace will be everywhere. And so here's our question as we move into application: Is what do we do now? We've heard James's uh, encouragement to us of, "Hey, there's earthly wisdom and there's heavenly wisdom," and we've clearly seen that earthly wisdom is about the self. It's loud and proud. It's everywhere in our world, and it leads to chaos. And we've seen that heavenly wisdom is is humble. It's gentle. It's open to reason. And it leads to peace. What do we do now? Four points for us. Here's point number one Evaluate your life through this lens. Which type of wisdom is in your life more? Is it earthly wisdom or is it heavenly wisdom? Is there anything in your life that you need to repent of? Turn away from earthly wisdom. And understand that you are being formed. We are all being formed. It isn't if we're being formed by the information we hear. It's how we're being formed. So be on guard. One is evaluate your life through this lens. Two is ask for wisdom. I love in James chapter 1, this clear word right here in verse 5. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. And so, if you're like me, and you're like, hey, I struggle with this, if I'm honest. There's so much information out there, and I don't even know what is true wisdom, what's earthly, what's heavenly. Ask God today. Say, hey, God, would you help me? Would you pour out your type of wisdom Three is this, and this is probably the most important thing in the entire message. If you haven't heard one word, if you've been asleep, or if you've just been on your phone having earthly wisdom come into your mind, this is the primary thing I want you to walk away with here. Curate your inputs and your voices. Curate the content that's coming into your eyes and in to your ears. Curate your inputs. All that means is to purify the information that's coming in. If you have about 20 streams of content that are coming into your mind and only one of them is church and heavenly wisdom and everything else is earthly wisdom, curate that in such a way that you prune down the earthly wisdom and expand the heavenly wisdom that's coming into your life. If you're passive with your inputs, you will be unintentionally foolish. Look at the list of all the virtues in this passage. Who are you listening to that is earthly wisdom? And turn that really down and maybe even off Which inputs in your life or what are you watching or listening to that when you watch it or listen to it, that you just get outraged? Maybe it's time to turn it down or turn it off. And is there anywhere in your life where you're like, man, when I go there, I feel the peace of God. I feel his presence. I get heavenly wisdom. I just want to love people better after that. Turn that up. And lastly, is act on heavenly wisdom. Evaluate your life, ask for wisdom, curate your inputs, your voices, your content, and then lastly, act on heavenly wisdom. Turn away from pride and intentionally go low with your actions. If you help somebody, young people, don't post it on social media. If you have a quiet time, you don't have to post it on social media. And just have a quiet time. Go low with your actions. Choose the kingdom over the self. Choose the community over self-advancement. And as we all know, this is not a one-time decision. It isn't like, all right, I heard this message, Chris. Now I'm going to just operate in the heavenly wisdom from God for the rest of my life. It's an everyday decision. Everyday decision to purify your inputs, to curate them, to turn down the noise of earthly wisdom and try to find those spaces of heavenly wisdom that you can turn up as much as possible. It will bring about peace. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, this this is your word. And I've tried to be as faithful to it as possible, God. But I just pray that you would do what I can't do, that, Holy Spirit, I believe you've been preaching messages to every single person in this room, God. God, I just pray right now that as we go into worship, you would speak to us. If we need to hop on our face and repent for pride and and, uh, chasing after the things we talked about here, God, that you would humble us and we would do that. And I pray you'd convict our hearts of how to live in the way of your heavenly wisdom. We worship you now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us on the Vineyard Church Podcast today. It's our greatest desire for people to find and follow God, and we hope this podcast is one way that helps you do just that. But don't stop here. We would love to see you face-to-face. God's people grow most in community, so don't forget you can join us live at the Capitol Theater in downtown Wheeling every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. If you'd like to connect with us in the meantime, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. You can catch up on previous messages and series, request prayer, and even download additional content. Thanks again for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.